it's ADHD Awareness Month. It is. And somebody actually said happy ADHD Awareness Month yesterday. And it's like, "Mm, not really. Yeah, there's Uh, a lot going on. There is a lot going on and not a lot of it's good. Um, But that's why there's an Awareness Month. Well, there is. But um, we made a promise last ADHD Awareness Month. Yes, we did. if things hadn't improved in the diagnostic process in the UK, that we would march in protest um, in leopard print. Um, in at Westminster, and sadly, things have not got better. They have actually got worse. And not only that, we can no longer legally protest. No, so they've changed the law, so we can't do that. But what we are going to do is the same way that we approach everything. We're going to do what we can. Yeah. All we ever do is muck in from the place we are and do our best with what we what we've got, basically. And that's what we're going to do. And we're very excited about the plan, which we will share at the end of this episode. So this is going to be a slightly longer episode because our guests had so much to say that we didn't want to cut cut any of out because it's all gold. And we've got so much to say. Yeah, so it's a double whammy, but it's ADHD Awareness Month. And yeah, we're just going to put as much into this as we can and as you as you rightly said to me just before we started recording we don't have the capacity all the time to do bonus episodes right now so this is it it's a big bonus start of adhd awareness month massive episode which you can obviously take in chunks or do at double speed and that's the beauty of it you don't have to listen to it all in one go yeah it'll still be here it'll still be here for you to come back to and pick up where you left off or listen again because it's so damn good (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I tell you what is not so good is um, a lot of you have reached out to us about the fact that there is a medication shortage uh, for ADHD medication in the UK just now. The NHS put it out. Um, I've actually got um, a quote from my wonderful friend Claire Durrant who said... This morning, I heard from Psychiatry UK that there is a nationwide shortage of all strengths of Listex amphetamine until mid-November. This will be leaving myself and so many without the medication that is vital to live some tiny semblance of a normal, in inverted commas, life. I can't believe that this is happening in ADHD Awareness Month. Sending love to all. So I wanted to read that because she summed it up so perfectly. Yeah. And literally that is our feelings of it. Now, a couple of people have reached out to us and they're like, you know, what's happening? And why aren't you saying anything about it? And what are you going to do? And truthfully... It's at moments like these that we just need to just take it back to the base level and remind everybody that we are you. Yeah. We are you. We're in the trenches with you. We literally found out probably the same way as you did through the ADHD adults post on social media. That was news to us. That's the first we heard of it too. We don't have access to this information unless we're out there looking for it. And we have so much going on that... We can't. But be, even if we, we were looking for it, I don't even know yeah. where we'd look. We don't have inside info. We are just yeah. two people riding the late diagnosis roller coaster, dragging others along for the ride as we go. That's all we've got. So, yeah. literally, we are as afraid as you are, is the truth of it. Yeah. It's, it's really shocking. It's really awful, awful timing that feels like a sick joke, to be honest with you. 
And so we just thought we would remind you that we just don't know. We're in the same boat as you are. But anything that we do know and any information that comes in, we do share it as we get it because yeah. we have the platform and it is important to get the information out to anybody. But we were so shocked when we saw it and then everyone was posting about it. We didn't want to add to the conversation because we have nothing to add. Yeah, and the thing is, moment. as soon as we heard about it, it, it was a shock to us yeah. and a worry to us, like as two people that, you know, struggle with anxiety. And yeah. it, 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 it was just an added piece of anxiety for us. And it's just like, well, what does this mean? What do we do? And so yeah. we have to figure it out before we can even talk about talk it. Talk about we don't, it. We haven't figured it out. What are you doing? Um, so I've recently been on a medication break because I didn't think my meds were working. So, that old chestnut. Yeah. And um, I've just recently started taking my meds again because obviously they were working. I just didn't realise it. What's been good is it's highlighted the areas in which it does work. And it's also shown me the areas in which it's not working, which has highlighted that potentially those areas in which I'm struggling are not a direct result of my ADHD symptoms, but instead a result of unhealthy coping mechanisms that I've put in place due to undiagnosed ADHD, yes. which is an eye-opener. But anyway, get back to the point, which is what am I doing with my meds? So I'm back on my medication, but what it's actually given me is that clarity to know where the meds are working. So if the unthinkable happens and I can't get access to meds, at least now I can identify the areas in which I'm going to struggle. I can share this information with the people that this might affect in my life. And together, we can try and ensure that I have the correct help and support in place during that time. And with that being said, I think it's really important for anyone on ADHD medications to, to look at what their medication does and try and identify exactly what symptoms it helps with and just have a bit of a contingency plan so that if the worst does happen and you can't get access to medication, you at least know the areas in which you're going to struggle most so that you can be prepared for that. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Another thing that I've looked at is potentially just taking half my dose because it still is enough to help me get through. So um, that might be something that I need to do. But I do worry that everybody panicking right now is going to do the whole pandemic panic like bog roll like the bog roll saga um and go and try and get extra medication so that they've got you know backup leaving others without which means that other people and especially ADHDers who forget and leave things to the last minute yeah. they might be without so i just i guess just <sighs> don't panic too much and just make sure that you've got the right support in place and you yeah. know and you know what to do if that happens yeah. What about you? I'm really anxious about it. I'm really upset about it, to be honest, because I, as I've said on the podcast many times, like the, the medication takes away my anxiety. I basically was born with anxiety to the fact that I didn't know that I was anxious, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. And I'm been, well, lucky in the sense that when I take ADHD medication, that's the first thing that goes is my anxiety. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very nervous to go back there. It's a place I never wanted to go back to. And also, like, you know, I still have choice paralysis, which would be a really good example of the things that are a knock-on effect of undiagnosed ADHD, but are not necessarily direct ADHD symptoms. Though for some people... 
that is a direct ADHD yeah. symptoms. Like we say, it all presents differently in all of us. But for me, the other main thing that the medication helps me with is task paralysis. Mm -hmm. It is literally... The medication is what has propelled me forward. The medication yeah. is what has helped me get things done. So I'm terrified that, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be an anxious mess and I'm not going to be able to get anything done, yeah. particularly at a time when I really do have shitloads to do. Yeah. And I've only just reached literally about, probably about a week, 10 days ago, reached an equilibrium with this whole perimenopausal ordeal that I've been through. Mm -hmm. So the HRT patches, it all seems to be working like clockwork. I feel clearer in my mind. It all seems to have got to a place of, ah, there we go. And now you're fucking telling me you're going to take it away. Yeah, it's not, it's not a nice So thought. yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about it, which is also probably why I haven't added to, I was going to say, you know, the, the panic of it is because I'm just like, I can't even process yeah. the, the thought of that You can happening. see how much it's worrying you. Yeah. You don't want to put that worry onto other yeah. people. But totally it is happening. Understand. So we do have to talk about it. Yeah. But just know that, you know, we are all in this together. I know that that doesn't always feel like a comfort. But what we have got in the absence of, you know, uh, timely diagnosis respect from uh the mainstream media and all the other shit that we're up against we now have to contend with the fact we might not have the medication that we fought tooth and nail and waited a lifetime for what we have got is each other yeah and that that's what we have to focus on and pushing forward um so with that said we do actually have some very good news. Yes, we do. So this is a positive that's happening, is the legendary uh, York Disability Rights Forum and our very own head of ADHDF activism, the one and only Kat Owens, Canny Campaigns on Instagram. Today's the day, isn't it? Today is the day. So we've got a message from Kat to yes, for you. Yes, which I'm going to read out to you just now. So... Today is the day for the Access Denied team. Yes! Huge thank you again to everyone who has supported the campaign by donating or buying the pin. The NHS bosses in charge of the pilot must reply to the legal challenge today, 3rd of October. The letter lists over 100 breaches of statutory obligations and guidance. <sighs> 100. This is, this is disgusting, isn't it? It really is. 90% of people who have trialled the inaccessible pilot process have been refused referral. 90%. 90%. Despite claims that the new system prioritises those at highest risk, there are empty words. Vulnerable people who meet the strict criteria, those at risk or harm to themselves or others, have been left without information or support for four to five months and counting. It's just disgusting. So terrifying. So it's unclear what the response will be because the ICB have not made any comment at all so far. So today is the day that they, if you're listening on Tuesday the 3rd of October, that they legally have to get back. So anybody who donated to the Access Denied ND campaign to fight for the right to ADHD and autism diagnosis against the dangerous pilot that they were trialing in York. Your donations and the donations that came as part of the Leopard Print Army fundraiser pins 
got it to this point. Yeah. So they raised enough funds to send the legal letters. It is happening. And that is amazing. And I genuinely like in my heart, I just feel like this is such a catalyst for change. Yeah. You know, it's huge. It's so huge. I just am in awe of that lot. The Disability Rights Forum and CAT, they've worked so hard. They're so brave. It's so wonderful that they're there fighting for us all yeah and you know we just wait to hear what the outcome is today and we'll let you know as soon as we do yeah so that is some very good news for adhd awareness month yeah and fingers crossed that it continues to be yes so we as we said this is going to be a longer episode because we've got even more stuff to say and this is still only the intro and there's a whole outro that's going to be loads of stuff as well but we're just going to keep going so hang in there because what we realized was that the thing that we really wanted to say as part of this episode is despite everything else that's going on is still as important as ever because in ADHD awareness month as we try to raise awareness about the condition in the wider society It really, a couple of emails that we've had, one in particular, really highlighted the fact that we also need to raise ADHD awareness within our own community. Yeah. So what's happened is many, 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 many times over, and I'm sure many, many more, we get emails and messages and comments asking us to do an episode about motherhood. And... One in particular, and I am going to say it because I think it matters, right? Yeah. Um, But I don't want to give the person RSD. If you're listening, it's absolutely fine because what you did was highlight something, a gap that we need to fill. So actually what you've done is a good thing. So please don't feel like you're being called out. But this person very jokingly and very flippantly said, please, can you do an episode about motherhood? We know that you're not mothers, but some of us are, unfortunately. It was a joke. It was a throwaway comment. But actually, it hurt (laughs) a lot. And the reason why it hurt is because we would like to acknowledge that for both of us, our biggest ADHD tax is that we sit here at 40 years old, not raising families of our own. Yeah. And the thing is, we know that every time we've shared our experiences, it has helped a lot of other people like us. So we know we want to speak out about it because we know that must be the experiences of others. Now, we don't feel, and there's not time right now, and we don't feel at the right place to actually divulge our stories. But I think it's really important that we raise awareness about people like us. So what we ask for this episode in ADHD Awareness Month is that if you see a person who doesn't have children, please never make the assumption that that is out of choice. Yeah. So, Dawny, this episode, we're going to send this episode to every single person going forward who asks us, the same question and so to save me writing out this email for the 50 millionth time take it away so if you want to find an episode where we have covered motherhood in some way or some form then this is where you need to go in season one we have episodes 7 9 11 13 32 36 43 49 and 50 and then in season two We're going to have this episode, which is episode six. So there's a lot of coverage on motherhood. We even have the word motherhood in the title of at least three episodes I can think of off the top of my head. So we have covered it. 
Um, but we're not going to talk about it in every episode because it's not an area that we can. Yeah, we can we can only do what we can do. Yeah. And that is not something that we can help with, sadly. But I tell you who can. The absolutely legendary angel sent from the heavens, queen of mindfulness, Amy Polly. This is a fantastic one, so buckle up. We're so excited that she is helping us grab life by the tits. <laughs> so enjoy this absolute legend because we love her. Let's go. We did it for the acronym. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura. And, and we, we are ADHD, ADHD AF. Seriously. Well, that feels like a lifetime ago. Doesn't it just? Since that recording in May 2022, we have been on quite the safari. Mm-hmm. We moved to the same street at the same time at the same age with the same undiagnosed neurodevelopmental condition. But despite all of the serendipity and the similarities, our ADHD presents completely differently from each other. But make no mistake, it is equally debilitating for us both. Over the course of season one, we used our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. And unbelievably, it worked, leading us to help listeners in almost every country in the world and creating ADHDF live events and an online peer support community, for all of which we're so very grateful. Despite all that, we're still just two rebels with a cause, having a blether from a tiny village on the beach in Aberdeen, Scotland. Two pieces of sea glass washed up on the same shore. Trigger warning. We cover some triggering topics, so please read the description of each episode before listening. We're not medical professionals, therapists or coaches. We're not qualified or even emotionally equipped to <laughs> offer advice or support. <laughs> We are only experts by our own experiences, which we share alongside what we discover in these crucial conversations to raise essential ADHD awareness amidst a global crisis. We won't always get it right. We will talk over each other Mm -hmm. and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. As we continue to unmask, we're attempting to unashamedly own our own too-muchness. We wear leopard print to our events because the leopard is a symbol of Aberdeen. It also symbolises bravery, courage and the reclaiming of power. Plus, we're a little bit hun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's become the uniform of our leopard print army, our own special camouflage to unite the community. We're called ADHD as females purely for the acronym ADHDAF. Get it? <laughs> because we both have a juvenile sense of humour. And we swear like sailors. Sorry, mums. And of course... We're ADHD as... Anyway, this is an inclusive space where all genders are so very welcome. Yes, they are. So join us as we continue to make some serious noise about this misunderstood condition to help others like us alongside raising awareness with a hope to influence systemic change so that those in need can be treated both medically and with the respect they deserve. We continue on this safari because hell hath no fury like two late diagnosed ADHD women. ADHDS females, the podcast. Okay, so starting with some quick fire questions, can you tell us your name? <laughs> I can. Amy Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Thank you. Your location. Um, 
This is really funny. Let's supposed to be quick fire questions. This is not a simple answer. I spend 50% of my time in Lincolnshire and 50% in Doncaster. I don't have a straightforward answer for that. And where are you now? In Gibraltar. Story <laughs> <laughs> of my life. Uh, and your occupation? I am a mindfulness teacher, a mental health speaker and campaigner and a neurodiversity advocate. Amazing. And your diagnosis status? I am diagnosed ADHD. Fabulous. And early or late diagnosed? Late, 37. Mm -hmm. And how old are you now, if you don't mind us asking? I'm 39. 40 next year. (laughs) It doesn't hurt. No, it was fine, really. Um, And was it easy or traumatic? I would say that it was quite easy, but beforehand it was traumatic. As in like life was traumatic or when you found out about ADHD? A a bit of both. I felt like I was in a bad place before my diagnosis. My diagnosis gave me loads of answers, but then there was a mourning period. So actually having the diagnosis was a positive, but there was a period of transition, I guess is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And are you, is it me or you? Can't remember. You started now. (laughs) (laughs) Can't start or can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Can't sleep or can't get up? Can't, sl- can't sleep. Yeah. yeah. Bit of both sometimes. Fair. Over-emotional or impassive? Over-emotional. That was easy. Texting or talking? Talking. Books or audiobooks? Oh, audiobooks. Going out or staying in? Okay. Mm-hmm. My, oh, my heart was like going out. But I do stay in the house. <laughs> You're going to surely everybody that comes on this is going to be like, uh, well, mm, both. Yeah. <laughs> I realise that quick fire questions probably aren't that great in the ADHD world, but we're sticking with it. We're trying it for season two. Yeah, it's comedy. <laughs> if anything. I love it. I love it. Um, the hardest question of all, cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. But I really want a cat. There you go. <laughs> And finally, what is your current hyperfocus? Oh, at the moment, I'm hyperfocusing on researching how uh, you get something onto the national curriculum in UK schools, because I think that mental health and mindfulness should be in primary schools. So um, currently, the amount of tabs I've got open are about government papers and legislation and uh, school curriculums. That's my hyperfocus. That's incredible. Go you. Oh, amazing. That's wicked. So, so tell us, what got you here? Like, how did you discover that you had ADHD? Uh, I had a baby. That is what happened. So I, as you, as you just said, I didn't know I had ADHD for 37 years um, and I was trying to along through life sort of when you've only got yourself to look after and I feel fortunate that I had quite a good school had really supportive parents um and I think those two things really helped me to keep on an even keel with stuff and I studied hard I had a good job you know all those external things I always knew internally I was different and I struggled with stuff but I think when you're still achieving and there's people around you to support you you sort of get on with it and you don't know any difference so that was me for my life and then when I had a baby it it just all changed it absolutely floored me and I just could not get my head around why I'd always wanted a baby I was so excited to be pregnant I loved being pregnant um and we'd been through miscarriage I was so happy then to have had my baby but 
the birth was a bit traumatic and then when I got home I just could not I just felt like I wasn't functioning normal for me um and so conversations started with my health worker and my doctor and I had postnatal anxiety and I think that was a manifestation partly of the undiagnosed ADHD and so before I mean obviously it's been over two years now it was early 2021 that ADHD was suggested and I just I just couldn't get my head around I was thinking really what even does that mean what does that yeah. look like things had just started to be more present on social media it was sort of the end of 2021 wasn't it when we started to see more of it yeah um, and my GP was amazing and I always say this that I know that people don't have that especially now with wait times as they are but at that time my GP she was incredible we had so many conversations she did the initial assessment and she was like I'm pretty sure this is this is what it is and then I went for my full diagnosis and it just answered so many questions but I'd struggled for two years after having my little one and I think that this is not talked about enough because yeah. if I'd known earlier or even known the impact hormones or having a baby would have maybe I would have managed better because as I said it really floored me for, for quite what a while. What an absolute ledge yeah. of a GP you've got I like know. that's incredible mm. I think my, my mind's just like splintered off in two directions yeah I'm thinking about first of all we've very recently well in the last few months learned about how hormones can impact um, or exacerbate ADHD symptoms um, so often like post-pregnancy hormones uh, perimenopausal hormones, all of that. But what's interesting as well is what you said before about your coping mechanisms, your life, you know, studied hard, you were well supported. So it's quite funny because it is a completely new scenario. Like even though it was one that you wanted, the actual day-to-day -day of of managing raising a baby, raising a baby, is that how you say yeah. it? Um, <laughs> is, uh, Hand reading. Yeah, like you'd be... <laughs> But you'd be like, yeah, Christ, how do I do this? Because your normal daily coping mechanisms and just structure is out the window. So it would be difficult. It's difficult for anyone. I don't I don't think I know many parents that would say, yeah, it's like walking the park. Yeah, piece of piece. First, you know, <laughs> no instruction manual. You are keeping another life alive. And you half the time you don't know what you're doing. And you're sleep deprived. And, yeah. you know, if you are the person that has given birth, then hormonal changes and stuff like that. So I think it's a huge change in your life anyway, regardless. If you're neurodivergent, that change is going to have a greater impact. And yeah. if you are undiagnosed and you don't know that you're neurodivergent, then you, you've got no answers. So yeah. for me at the time, it was it was so hard. And I've had, I had real trouble explaining what was going on. Because even at the time when I was suffering with that anxiety and I was struggling, I could still talk on stage to people. I like talking. Uh, you know, with my job, I could still talk and stuff. But, but going out with my baby and, and managing all of those new things, it, it just blew my mind. I, I really struggled, really struggled. Yeah. And so how long after having your baby did you start going down that diagnosis route? So I had him at the end of 2018, so to 19 to 20. So it's about two and a, two and a half years. Yeah. 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 To get to yeah. that point. Because and the... don't forget the first bit you think, oh, everybody's doing this. Everybody else, it's that whole thing your whole life of, 
oh, well, everybody's all right. You know, I just need to get on with it. You do have that, especially with parenting, I think. Everybody's thinking, oh, well, everybody does it. You know, it must just yeah. be yeah. hard. And my friends hadn't spoken up about some of the things they've been through. I didn't know one of my best friends had been through miscarriage. I didn't know one of my best friends suffered with postnatal depression because people don't still don't talk openly about these things. Yeah. And so a part of me at the beginning was like, okay, okay it's going gonna, it's gonna to pass. I'll just keep you know, going. Yeah. Then it didn't. And then you get on Google and you start searching everything, every disorder, every every depression, you know. And I still couldn't figure it out. Then I went and asked for some help. And do you think that it had a big impact on how you felt in yourself as a mother? Did you think you were failing because of the struggles that you were having and not knowing what's going on and looking at everyone and thinking, why are they coping and why am I struggling so Mm. much? Yeah, I was hugely triggered. It's funny because I had a one-to-one client this morning that I was talking about this too. We're all human, right? I've practiced mindfulness for over 10 years, but I'm still triggered. And particularly in that state, I was in a real stressed out state. I was really triggered by someone going having their head and who had a new baby as well. And I was sat at home yeah. struggling to leave the house. Little things like that absolutely, you know, had such a heavy impact on me. And you get that overthinking then. How are they going out and getting their head? And how fucking dare they go and get their head? You know, all of that, all of that overthinking. And when I look back at pictures, it's funny hindsight, isn't it? When I look back back at pictures, I see how much there was laughter in the house. And he's the brightest button in the room and everything else. But at the time, I didn't feel like I was having any laughter. I didn't feel like there was a good time. I was questioning everything that I was doing. But he was sleeping well, he ate well. As I said, he's bright, he's happy. You look back at the pictures and you see all those moments that we had, even though a lot of them were in the home. We had COVID as well. Um, but yeah, that that overthinking, that questioning, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it's funny because you've you've reminded me of our interview with Louise um, Pink Pear Bear, yeah. where she was talking about, so she was diagnosed with postnatal depression. And then in hindsight, the, they realized that it was her exacerbated um, ADHD yeah. symptoms, undiagnosed ADHD symptoms due to the post-pregnancy hormones. But what she says, so it was like a misdiagnosis of postnatal depression. And she says, you know, she really wished that she could have that time back because mm. it was like she missed those precious like early years Mm. um when perhaps it could have been treated and not Mm. been as severe but I think even so even like that and I totally agree with her um I love her by the way I follow her as well uh and but even with that even with having a late diagnosis and and feeling like that about how different would my school life have been my friendships and all of that yeah but my mindfulness practice thank goodness really helps me to to stop and to notice that overthinking is to say I can't change the past so now I've got brand new information what can I do with that brand new information and hopefully you know help help myself with things going forward and ultimately I guess help others as well yeah that's fantastic so you said you were very up and down even after you found out you had ADHD so where do you feel that you're at on the late diagnosis roller coaster now? So like that grief cycle, you yeah. know, but we see it as a roller coaster because we kind of keep going back around sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it depends what experiences you have as well, because I find that I don't know about you. We're all different. As, we are all different as well as being the same. Uh, but it, it, somebody can can say something or question you that that triggers you again to question yourself yeah um, so it, it very much depends on the environment around you the people around you and um, the questions that you're posed with and stuff like that but I think that my confidence is growing to speak about it um yeah. the grief was 
heavy the first year I think and I'm pretty pretty sure it proves it on my socials and stuff I didn't really talk about it because I had to sort of process it myself and I didn't even really like like, this was brand new to me so I had to process it and sort of learn about myself a little bit again um but as you say it's a cycle so now coming up against situations I'm learning to approach them in a different way so I know the cycles I know how my emotional dysregulation affects how I have conversations and my reactions and now I'm trying to approach them in a new way but this is the first time I've had a go at that so yeah I'm relearning and like relearning about myself whilst also learning in a relationship because we've only been together for a couple of years so um yeah it's it's amazing because I feel empowered like I, yes. I always think knowledge is power but it's also difficult sometimes because it ain't straightforward <laughs> no absolutely not at all but it's like you say it's like the awareness the understanding of what you're up against with yeah. the new information Huge. and actually you know putting things into practice in a different way yeah yeah, yeah. it's really helpful definitely um obviously you said the mindfulness really helps you to not look back. But if we were going to look back, what do you feel that undiagnosed ADHD cost you? I think I really struggled um, with friendships. Now, I'm really lucky because I have a, such a good friendship group right now. But when my mum has listened, my mum, by the way, is like my number one fan, bless her little heart. Aww. So she listens to a lot of my things. Um, but it was hard for her in a way to understand because she sort of said well you've always been okay and and I said yeah I have mum externally but you don't understand what it took internally for me to achieve what I've achieved just because I've achieved it doesn't mean it was easy so we've had to have a bit of a learning journey together and she listens to a lot of my stuff so if I've been on a podcast she'll probably listen to this one Um, and (laughs) (laughs) she'll love that um so she'll listen and she listened to one that I did and um I was talking about school and I was talking about the fact that I felt like I didn't really fit in I felt like I um didn't have friendships that were deep connections or deep friendships um I felt like I really struggled and afterwards she said to me I didn't know that what are you talking about I said but mum my time was spent if I really think about my secondary school years really until I started drinking and going out my time was spent with you and dad and my brother we Mm. spent our time together and she went yeah because we're a close family right yeah and so I and I I explained this to her she had that realization and she went oh yeah no and we had a conversation about it so I think that one of the big things was my friendships and the other thing was that I feel like I wish I knew how I studied and stuff like that so to beat myself up for not studying or producing things in the same way as other people but I smashed my exams like I did but I never studied I don't remember ever studying I remember like reading things the night before and then being annoyed (laughs) with myself that I was doing do you you know what I mean like it's like you're beating yourself up whilst you're doing it but then you go and smash it and you're like all right then but if I'd known all of that I might have just been kinder to myself and I think the relationship with yourself is the most important one and sometimes we can be really mean to ourselves so I think they're the two biggest things is my is friendships and feeling like I never fit in and the the relationship I had myself and not being very kind to myself yeah yeah totally relate to that um so what do you feel has changed for you since diagnosis self-acceptance huge 
I absolutely feel like a much better friend to myself. And I don't care how wanky that sounds. I genuinely feel that. Um, I think that in conversations with other people, I feel more confident to advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't have that knowledge, how the hell are you going to do that? So now I feel really comfortable to say, especially in like professional setting, professional, what the hell does that mean? Um, But when I'm doing work and people, you know, talk about presentations or PowerPoints or whatever, if relevant, sure. But if not, that's not my style. Why do we have to make people look at a PowerPoint? Why are we making people make a PowerPoint? This is just a small example. But so I'm, I'm confident to say that's not how I do things. I don't think mm-hmm. that that is necessarily how people will learn the best. Blah, 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 blah. So I think that's a big one. Like being friends with yourself, advocating for yourself. Knowledge is power. Um, and I think the other thing is as well, being able to communicate to others again what you need but also knowing when you need to stop communicating that's a big one for me uh trying to talk when I'm emotional you might as well just not there's just no point so just leave it and then maybe a day maybe two days or whatever we can come back and I can explain what happened in a situation what triggered me how it made me feel there's no way I can do that in the moment the emotional dysregulation for me is one of the hardest parts of my ADHD that and the RSD um so and I think that's one of the biggest things of me learning how I best communicate how I best manage my emotions and my feelings um so it sounds quite selfish but I don't think that's a bad thing I think that it is about you and understanding yourself so yeah and also now I just feel like now I understand why I've sacked off my 19 year accountancy career (laughs) (laughs) brilliant do you know it's funny because when you were saying then about you know, advocating for yourself, what would work for you, even if it's not the norm. I was just thinking, because we're doing a um, live podcasting event. Yeah. And we went to one, we've never done a live podcast before, we did the tour, obviously, but we went to one and it was kind of set up like somebody's living room, as they often are, you know, you're sitting down, you're talking. And when we did the tour, we were stood up and walking around and I go into the crowd and I talk to people and we just said, actually that's what we're going to do like we don't care if that's how you normally record a live podcast that isn't going to work for us because we could just as easily like zone out more likely to forget what we're talking about I'm not going to get the dopamine or the engagement from like getting in amongst people and stuff like that so yeah yeah so we we basically just told them exactly what we wanted yeah and we're like we we can't have the sofa set up because we're not gonna feel comfortable it's It's not not gonna gonna work work for us it's gonna be difficult still yeah so yeah. brilliant and if you were if you were doing something before having this knowledge about yourselves and learning how you best like operate and how to get the best out of yourselves you can't you wouldn't be able to say that to someone no. would you? so this is why obviously I'm such an advocate for people making sure that they do go and get the help that they need and, yeah. and diagnosis and stuff or self-diagnosis but yeah like more power to you good for you, yeah. you. <laughs> so, so important to have that self-understanding isn't yeah. it yeah yeah. How can anyone else understand you or what you're going through or what you're dealing with or how you feel about things if you don't know that yourself? Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so go go. on. No, I don't even know where we're up to with who's asked what, <laughs> to be honest with you. We had a system last season. Now we don't have one. We're just kind of winging, winging it. Now. I like it. I love it. It's great. Um, so I guess if you could implement change to the diagnostic process, what would it be? So you, you're process seems like you know you you said you had a good gp Mm. and um you got quite a lot of help and support along with Mm. that um but obviously that's not the same for everyone no and i and i guess i guess if you ask this question to other people they're gonna have 
probably different or not I hate to say better answers but depending on their experience but yeah I think sharing from my experience the biggest thing was that I do think GPs just need and and I know they have so much pressure on them this is not a dig at GPs by the way but I think it's just that understanding of when you're going to go especially for those of us that are late diagnosed when you're going into that conversation it's actually quite scary and you question yourself like I question myself I'm questioning me I've got ADHD you're questioning yourself so all you need is and it's not that hard is that little bit of understanding and a little bit of a like a a kind hand to to help you through the process my GP did that and when I talk to friends who have been through the process and haven't got it like a friend of mine who has literally been told to go away basically yeah like, no yeah, you haven't yeah. that's not what you you know how is that helpful and even if that's not what it is she still needs to have a conversation because yeah. she doesn't feel okay you know so um I just think that little bit of kindness from the professionals that are in that realm of doing it and the same as those who are either you know helping you through the diagnosis when you do get to that point I just think that a little bit of kindness goes a long way this is a really difficult daunting journey to go on learning all of this about yourself um and then you go into diagnosis uh, diagnosis where you are being questioned about your whole life and that can be really scary so I just think a little bit of kindness goes a long way um and ultimately the wait lists we now know are like years long people are traveling to go and get diagnosis so um we know that certain organizations aren't doing a good job because they are not going through the criteria correctly so I don't have the answers but ultimately I just think a little bit of kindness goes a long way Um, absolutely and and to have support in the process is huge and that doesn't have to be from a professional doctor you know even the receptionists who are there it's just a little bit of kindness for me goes a long way absolutely Mm -hmm. I think you know we talked about this a lot on the road is that whole isn't it like a neurodivergent child on average hears 20,000 more negative things than a neurotypical Mm. and so then you know, if we've got low self-worth, right, that's what that can do is dent your self-worth. And you've spent your lifetime thinking you're just inept. And you find out that it might be something, but you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to advocate for yourself whilst the imposter syndrome is creeping in to a person who on average only has one hour of training, which is based on outdated um, and biased. um, God, I can't even think of the word. Tests research that's the word I was looking for and then on top of it you've got the mainstream media who are going to uh you know fuel this idea that it's just a trend that it you know just put down your phone all of that bullshit (laughs) um it's really really hard because you've got you know you're gonna have to in a situation where you should have your hand held you're actually having to fight against stereotypes a lack of training and well just ableism yeah Yeah. in a nutshell And it's like you're saying, just a little bit of kindness. Even if you walk into that GP surgery and the doctor thinks they don't have ADHD, um, you're still dealing with a person that thinks they do and Mm -hmm. and has obviously got problems going on. So you need to treat them with kindness and compassion so that they can figure out what is going on. Whether it All GPs can go on a mindfulness course with me and I'll help yeah. them with their compassion. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and better still, better still, why would a gatekeeper to diagnosis not be fully trained so then that doesn't make sense because we are literally having to convince someone who for the most part might not know what they're talking about to give us access to somebody that does yeah make it make sense doesn't does it exactly got a lot of feelings (laughs) 
<laughs> That's why we're here, though, right? Because yeah. these conversations are so important, and we want people to feel confident to go and do those things. And you know, I, I've spoken to so many people. It's really bloody hard sometimes. Like, why should you have to sit there and fight? Unfortunately, you do. But it's yeah. like a lot of things with you know, unfortunately, our medical system and stuff, and especially our mental health care system. You do have to fight for things, and that is the sad truth. So yeah, we needed to change because we need more money and we need to have more yeah. kindness. But Sometimes you do have to have a little bit of fight. So make sure you've got people around you that are going to hold your hand whilst you fight. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, So you've already said your greatest ADHD struggles are emotional dysregulation and RSD, much like mine. Um, Are there any more that are like really stick out or is there anything that you could share with me (laughs) about how to deal with that nonsense? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I would like to share actually because I think that I'm I'm learning to deal with it better um mm-hmm. like I said with my relationships with my boyfriend but also with my parents as well um really funny story by the way when I was on um BBC News sharing about my late diagnosis in motherhood because obviously I'm an advocate for sharing yeah. that story for people to understand the links between hormonal changes um, and motherhood as a neurodivergent because um, I think there's a lot more conversations about being a parent with children who are neurodivergent but not the other yes. way around yeah. um, so anyway my dad right he's an absolute heart of gold there is no getting away from that but he's such a grumpy old man like different <laughs> generation and everything else and so I haven't really talked to him about it I'm very close to my mum in that way she knows everything I tell her about everything um I haven't really talked to my dad about it but he's there he's privy to conversations because obviously when I'm at their house I'm talking about the work that I'm doing or the talk yeah. that I've been doing or whatever so he's he- well, he's a bit deaf as well so he's probably not heard it but anyway um when that when that came out on BBC News he sat there and he watched it with my mum and so I'm texting my mum going is dad watching it what's he saying at the end I'm like is it and he was just said you know that's really good I'm I'm proud of it like that's that is it but yeah. it's it's even in conversations with the closest people in your life and not been not hiding yourself away from having those conversations so that they understand and yeah. so I think that's been a big learning point for me is even those like my dad who don't get it don't understand it will probably question it which can be really hurtful because then you yeah. get the RSD kicking in is to keep having those conversations and from talking from experience your confidence will grow with it and so I think that's the main thing start with you know if you think about your circles your inner circle and going outwards that's where I started I had to start with those closest to me and then I've gradually obviously started to have these conversations with with people that aren't close to me and, and that confidence grows um and I think, like we talked about, that understanding of ourselves, but the emotional dysregulation, I think there just has to be a huge piece of compassion for yourself and self-acceptance that, okay, my brain works like this, so how am I going to manage it? And that's, how, I guess, how yeah. I teach in mindfulness. And so, you know, I say to my partner, well, my mum, when, when she triggers me or whatever, I, I need a moment, like I need some time. And to just have that communication and to be able to understand that my initial reaction, I know isn't always the right. I own my shit. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's a really big part of it. Like I can apologize. I can own my shit. I can I can say when it's my my part in it. I can't do that when it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like I can do that yeah. afterwards. And so yeah. it's like I say, I know I'm repeating myself, but I think it's really important. It's a huge learning curve, that self-understanding, that compassion and that communication, um, because then it helps you to set boundaries and expectations in your relationships and in your life. Does that yeah. make sense? 
Yeah, 100%. It totally does. Yeah. If you're finding this podcast helpful and you're in a position to do so, please join our Patreon peer support community via the link in the blurb of this episode. For unheard bonus and full interview video content and behind the scenes exclusives, including a next guest spoiler and first dibs and discounts on our handmade and ethically created merchandise and apparel and live events tickets. Also blogs, vlogs, live community Zoom blethers, monthly advice from an ADHD coach, body doubling and access to our Discord. Filled with literally like-minded legends from all around the globe, including ourselves, who totally get it, who you can lean on, learn from and blether with any time. Because the only people who know what it's like aboard the late ADHD diagnosis roller coaster are the other passengers. We've created this platform in order to support ourselves financially, to be able to continue creating ADHD AF and for our podcast to remain ad-free. If you don't have the funds, there are other peer support platforms available. Check out the resources page on ADHDasfemales.com. If you can support us, in turn, you will receive the support of our community, a full circle of support for the Leopard Print Army. We spent our entire lives feeling like aliens, only to discover there's a whole planet of us. So hop aboard the spaceship and join us at patreon.com forward slash ADHDasfemales. If you would like to support us without joining the community, you can make a donation via our Buy Me A Coffee page, buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD as females. Both of us and the entire ADHD AF community really, really appreciate your support. We really do. What ADHD cocktail are you? And so what oh. we mean by that, what get we your mean comorbidities by that out. Is, yeah, get your comorbidities out. <laughs> do you have any that you recognise as do a you'd comorbidity? you like to share? Um, I don't know what are yours. What? So, uh, so my comorbidities are they're fun. What's your cocktail? Do you have to have a name for it though? No, well, oh god, we <laughs> could make names. Yeah. So mine would be like miserable bastard. No, uh, <laughs> it's uh, depression, anxiety. I've had a lifetime of eating disorder struggles. I've got auditory processing disorder, and I think I I've got dyscalculia, and I think I'm dyspraxic. I've never actually thought about all mine in in really, but there's binge eating disorder for sure. Um, I've definitely had low level anxiety and low level depression my whole life, but not really recognised it as that. Mm. Um, What else? Endometriosis. People say that that can be linked to ADHD. Mm. Um, What else is going on? Who knows? Lots of things. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And um, what's the other thing I've got with the bendy and bendy? Um, hyperflexibility. That one. Oh, yeah. I got them all. <laughs> you know it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because obviously as well, not knowing these things until you're 37 and then you start to, to, to obviously like learn and read up about it and you're going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So hypersensitivity for me, hugely. Um, yeah. So uh, especially when it comes to like sounds, uh, I absolutely get overstimulated by stuff like that but hypersensitivity and smells as well and um I think I've also read because again it comes back to that um isn't it to do with our like nervous system or or something linked Mm. to how our brain works that so I've always struggled with IBS as well um oh yeah I don't even know if that's a thing but I think there's something no it is it is it's a thing isn't it yeah oh yeah IBS is yeah yeah, that's another one one. I've 
I've got yeah. to my list. And it's yeah. really funny, isn't it? When you start to be, and you just think, oh, so maybe that's to do with that. And you start to give yourself a little bit of leeway. But yeah, do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't think I've really thought about it because I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. But can I be there a pina colada? Please. Yes, you're in the sunshine. You we're absolutely totally gonna can. Have to come out, come we're going to have to make up yeah. nice for cocktails. Yeah, um, another one that we were we heard recently in another conversation was alexithymia. What's that? Oh, and yes. I, I I definitely relate to that one, which is um, characterized by difficulty identifying emotions. Yeah. Oh yes, I have read about that. Um, and there was something else, but I guess the there's thing a is, migrainey one as well. Oh, and migraines. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. There was something. You know what? I'm going to have to go and look at this because this is what my brain did. I would have wrote, I would have read about this for eight, and then now I've just forgotten it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we know that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to go into my notes and find it because I was like, "What was that other other one called?" Do you do that in your phone as well, where you go and you've researched everything, and then you're like, "Oh, right, yes, I'm going to remember that." And now it's about 500 down in your notes. Oh, so yeah. We're going to look at it again. Oh yeah, my notes are full of things to look back at, which I've never looked never. back at. And open tabs in your browser. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. I I got a new phone the other day and um and it's just really funny because I look at it and I'm like I've only got like 20 open tabs. I'm like, "Oh yeah, cuz that's a new phone. It's normally 500." Yeah. And I'm trying to like keep oh. on top of it and close them, but it won't last. It won't I last. I can't imagine long. that. <laughs> <laughs> um so tell us, how do you get your dopamine? I used to get it in very <laughs> questionable ways. I just <laughs> Like to, yeah, maybe we won't go into that for family listening. But um, <laughs> now it's more things like uh, time with my friends um, and going and doing things like paddleboarding and roller skating and those activities that are sort of active and give me that bit of a rush. Um, that like that's huge for me. Learning about that sort of stuff, and I honestly can say that it has definitely helped me to make better decisions because I feel like you're you have we have to go and get it, don't we? So so yeah. I'm choosing where to go and get it instead of just letting myself run away with myself and go yeah. and get it wherever you know the wind sort of takes me. So yeah, I think it's more like that, more active things and um yeah, going out and doing some exciting things that. Are also can be quite relaxing because they're quite mindful things as well. Roller yes. skating, paddleboarding, yeah. and you know ro- when you're climbing across ropes and in the tops of trees and things like that. So oh yeah, when I do that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the clumsiest person ever. I can barely walk. <laughs> and then I was just gonna sorry, I was just gonna share one more thing. I think that one of my other big dopamine hits I get is from my public speaking, and I'm sure you guys feel this as well. Is is it's it's weird, isn't it? You should be so nervous but the excitement overtakes it and then when you've achieved it and when you've been out there and you've been talking it's like a feeling like no other and it's so different to me sitting at a desk looking at a spreadsheet for however many years now I can do this thing that actually gives me all the adrenaline and all the excitement and yeah I, I love doing the work that I do now and I think that's one of the big things for me is that that happens quite often now thankfully so yeah yeah. that's fantastic I, I like I feel like um the like public speaking I don't get nervous like I'm already excited about it yeah I only got nervous once on tour for sort of different reasons but generally being kind of nervous or in a heightened state it makes me able to concentrate yes so that's what makes me present so like when I was uh because I used to teach scuba diving and when I was doing that I used to joke because I didn't know then I used to joke oh it's only the impending 
uh, fear of a load of people drowning on my watch that can keep me in the present moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting, isn't it, when you start to understand those things. And it's the same yeah. with me. I went to, I spoke at a big event last week and it was so it's so important. And I wanted to do such a good job, but I did not feel nervous. Like when I used to have to present to, you know, loads of middle managers about finance documents, which I was totally, I knew but yeah. I used to feel so nervous. And when I was going to do this talk to way more people, I didn't feel nervous. I felt excited and I yeah. couldn't wait to do it. And I enjoyed it. And I think that's the difference as well. It's what you're talking about and what you're doing. Like when we started doing it, I was shitting my pants. I'm not going to lie. Like I was so scared when yeah. we did our first live show because I'd, I'd really bad stage fright. Like I've always had a, I've sang in bands for years, but it's always existed. And that sure. fear before I go out there. And that's how my RSD plays up mm. is in front of people. It's just that fear of that instant rejection because I hate confrontation. Yeah. I hate yeah. conflict. Same. And that's why I get a fear of being in front of people in case I get that. I think the bigger picture was that the fear came from the fact of being found out to be a fraud mm. because I'd spent my whole entire life people pleasing and mm. trying to be the person Masking. I thought people wanted me to be yeah so it wasn't really until we did the first show that I kind of had that epiphany afterwards being mm. like oh I can be myself and be accepted yeah and that was huge that was that was massive yeah and that um, makes me emotional <laughs> it's so it's so true and when you have that feeling and it just makes me sad that some people won't get that you know, I, I hope this is encouraging people to do that because oh, being you is amazing and you are yeah. amazing. And I think we need to be given that space to to be ourselves. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's yeah, it's emotional. <laughs> there is still nerves there and there is still fear, but that's changed. Dra dra I can't even say that word drastically. Yeah, it's yeah. changed drastically. Say purple burglar alarm again. Purple burglar alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's 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 been a huge change for me just being able to you know speak in front of people and be myself and, yeah. And yeah that's yeah that's massive so I'm now excited about when we do live yeah. events yeah. yeah live yeah. events we need to do live events together let's do live events yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more collaborations love it so what do you want the world to know about ADHD not just ADHD people but the world, yeah, everybody out bust there. Bust a misconception, whatever you want. I think the biggest thing is this, uh, is that we're not all the same. Even just in this conversation with three of us, you can see how different our symptoms present, the traits that we have, how our environment, our family, our schooling, our the events that have happened to us in life can impact on us in different ways. And so mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that when I've said to people about the ADHD, I've had comments before like, oh, you don't eat like someone with ADHD. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? That doesn't make, I know. So um, for me, it's that once you've, you've met one person with ADHD, you've met one person with ADHD. Like, we're not yeah. all the same. And that's the thing I think that, that I want the world to understand. And I want everybody to just be a little bit more open-minded about what it actually means and yeah. what that means for a person not just in general but for the person who's sitting in front of you and wants to maybe talk to you about it or share their experience or you know what I mean be more accepting of it and the fact that you know on paper I was someone that had this amazing career and a house and blah 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 you know all this bs tick boxing doing but does that mean that I haven't got ADHD. Well, no. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing for the world is that, you know, 
it could be a disability or a superpower. It, I, for me, I think it's po- it's both. And I just wish that there was a bit more acceptance in the world of having this conversation and knowing that it's not just like one size fits all. Like we're yeah. all different. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. So what would you like our listeners to know? So speaking more specifically to, well, I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be predominantly late diagnosed or self-diagnosed exploring ADHDers. What would you like to say to them? I think that, and it's funny because this is a little tagline, I guess, that I've started to come up with because I find it hard sometimes to summarise my work because it spans a few things. But this is what I've been, this is what I've been saying a lot lately. And I think that it relates to this. So what I've been saying is this, be curious, be playful and be you. And I think that's a nice way to summarise the work that I do, the journey that I've been on and what I would want others to experience feel be and do and that is to be curious about yourself and the world is to be playful so stop taking things so seriously uh, yeah. you know we're all going the same way and we ain't gonna be here long <laughs> so we might as well have a bit more fun with it and then the last bit is be you I think that like there is no other you and so often especially those of us with they don't know ADHD like we've just said, can feel like we don't fit in and we've pretended to be someone else for such a long time. Fuck that shit. Like you own you, be you. You're amazing and the world needs more of you. One of the biggest things that ever happened to me was one of my bestest friends when I first met her, which was only a few years ago, but she's now one of my bestest friends, said to me, the world needs more Amy fucking Polly. And that has stayed with me and stayed with me. (laughs) And Amy fucking Polly's just got me in tears. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think that's it. And And sorry, just a little side note to what I just said. They're not just words. So be curious. Curiosity is an active thing. Be playful is an active thing. Playfulness, it's not, they're not just words, they're things that we can do. And so that's why I think that that, to me, it feels really empowering. Um, And be you, again, that's active, like find out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, uh, what lights you up, what puts a fire up your ass, like all of that, I think these are active things. It's not just a nice to say, like these are things we can actually do. Yeah. Yeah, and continue to learn and not just be like, right, well, what do I like? And write it all down in a list and think that you're done. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a continual gonna, yeah, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, amazing. Um, can I just also ask, like, you've you've said a lot about, well, you've said a lot, your career, like you, you talk about mindfulness, right? And I think I've kind of got two questions at once. So one is, um, I saw the other day you'd posted something about how you were a bit fed up of the idea of mindfulness being like this kind of wishy-washy woo-woo thing. And actually, you know, it's science, right? Like, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? And with a bit of luck, I might remember the second thing. Let's see. What bothers me, and the reason I call myself the mindfulness rebel, is because mindfulness has been peddled the same way for a long time. And it's all about calmness and emptying your mind, which is bullshit. Um, by the way, I really hope I can swear on this podcast because I've done it a few times. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and for me, especially as I started working more with children and people who are neurodivergent, that is not accessible. That is not inclusive. And also, it's just not true. The aim of mindfulness is not to empty your mind. And so what I want people to know is that this whole thing of like, when you're present, there are no problems, only peace. No, sometimes you're present and there is a problem and things aren't always rainbows and unicorns. So 
and it also in workplace well-being like working with organizations and seeing other people talk about mindfulness as though it's like oh have this fruit bowl and do a little bit of mindfulness as if it's just a quick tick box it's not mindfulness is a practice that anybody can do but you have to have some guidance and hand holding otherwise I wouldn't have a job uh, and yeah. also it, you have to find what works for you so yeah. mindfulness isn't just meditation it's about how we are present in our everyday and those of us with ADHD can struggle with that and because we have a, a really busy mind and we struggle to be present so mindfulness is a practice and anybody can do it but you have to start small and you have to find what works for you so I'm not here for all this like calm I mean I do like a white flowing dress but you know what I'm trying to say the whole, <laughs> that's where know, it ends that's the, the only calm thing, thing. <laughs> the on social media and in the media about mindfulness equals calm but it, it, it doesn't mindfulness equals awareness and yeah. that yes. for me is the key to everything that we have talked about. That is where it starts. So your tip would be for somebody with a busy brain who thinks that, well, this mindfulness business ain't for me. Like what would be like a key thing that perhaps somebody could try? Because, yeah. 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 Sorry, go on. No, I th- no. That, and I, that's really important. That is the most important bit is where to start. So yeah. if you think about it like this, right, we've got a busy mind. We are really distracted as modern human beings. But you can just start with something that is an everyday thing. And this is where I always start with children, with anybody, is that you do so many things on autopilot every day. So just choose one thing to try to be present with. So it might be just having a drink, might be having a cup of coffee or whatever it is, or brushing your teeth, having a shower, going out for a walk, whatever it is. Start to label what you can smell, taste, hear, see. That is how you start to become more present, using your senses and it'll be different for everybody. And for a start, you'll be like, I can't even, I can't even focus on this cup of tea. But what you will do is you'll try to do it. Your mind will wonder and you'll come back again. Well done. Just exercise that muscle. That's like saying, I can't lift this yeah. weight. Well, you don't start with like the hundred ton weight, do you? You start with the little one and you yeah. just do a little bit. And that's where you start. And if you can just take a few moments each day to just stop and breathe again, just focusing on your breathing, mind chatters, chatters, chatters. You go, oh, my mind is going somewhere. Let me come back to just breathing or counting my breathing. And then it goes off and then you come back. But you just, you're exercising the muscle. That's where mm-hmm. it starts. That's mm-hmm. all you need to do to start. Then it can get deeper. That's yeah. fantastic. Can I be really annoying and ask one more question and then you ask the rest? Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so obviously you were talking earlier about how a lot of the focus for parents is on parents that have children with ADHD. And I wondered if there was anything that you would like to share about being a parent with ADHD. Like if you're speaking to our listeners that are parents themselves that either have or suspect they have ADHD or are struggling, do you have any words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to share about that? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest thing, and I'm really sorry to keep repeating myself, but they are really important points, is that compassion for yourself. Because what can happen is, especially as a parent, especially if you want to be be a good parent, like you're going to be beating yourself up, you know, oh my goodness, is what I'm doing affecting my child? Am I doing things right? Blah, blah, blah. Look, they only need basics, okay? So be a bit kinder to yourself. And the other thing is find what works for you. So really huge thing for me was this. When I, especially when I was really struggling with that postnatal anxiety, then being diagnosed with ADHD and then realizing, oh, 
the reason I don't like playing with Thomas the Thomas the freaking tank engine again and again an imaginative play is because that don't work for me. So his dad can do that sort of stuff with him. I do numbers, letters. I write out sums for him and we do stuff like that. And Lego has been like a saviour in our bonding experience, which yeah. sounds like such a small thing. But for me, that's been huge to find what works for us. Again, don't compare yourself to others. Find what works for you. If something is that uncomfortable, I mean, you two will understand when something's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable it's like pain it's like painful. yeah yeah and so when it's with your child you start to beat yourself up because you want to be present with your kid and you want to do the things they want to do but you have to find what works for you and then the last thing is this ask for bloody help like don't yeah. think you have to do everything on your own so now when I'm out with my partner he knows when I'm being overstimulated triggered uh, not dealing with the situation very well and we try to be a team and even if you haven't got someone even when I'm on my own with my little boy you know when I get home I'll almost have like a little bit of an offload maybe with my mum or something to try to explain what's happened and say you know I'm feeling like my shoulders have been up high and I'm, I'm feeling a bit tight-chested because x y and z like we have to be able to ask for help communicate what's going on within us and then be be able to ask for help like there's lots of people out there that want to support and help you um, and I think this is why there needs to be more communities that are parents with ADHD rather than communities for parents of children with ADHD. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because I was actually just about to say community, like if anybody is listening and they feel like they don't have anybody that they could ask for help from, like you can... I mean, obviously we have a community, but that's mm. to keep our podcast going and stuff like that. And we're not experts anyway, but there are so many different online forums. You know, yep. you've got things on Reddit, you've got Facebook. There are lots of free places where people who could be going through very similar things to you and you can just connect on that level. So yeah. even if you don't feel like you physically have somebody around you, there are so many ways exactly. that you can connect with people online. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing yeah. advice. Right, I will shut up. Ask the actual question. Sorry. <laughs> so what is your win of the week? Oh, my win of the week. Do you know what it is? It's a, uh, it's work related because work is my like second biggest love after my baby. Um, <laughs> I had a quote accepted this week for a job that I really wanted to do. So I'm really happy. Yay! Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's so, yeah, wicked. And also, I'm in the sunshine. So what? Um, yeah. I'm so grateful to be you on holiday. You are absolutely winning. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. How long are you away for? How long you got left? Uh, just till Friday. So a couple more full days. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, enjoy the sunshine. Absolutely. Thank and, you. And um, our big question, what is the most ADHD thing you've done this week? Or ever. Up to you. Do you know what? Um, the other w- There's so many things. And I was going to say this week, but I feel like actually having been here and chilling out, I haven't had much responsibility. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. like, you can just like, you can F things up and it doesn't really matter. Although my mum says to me a lot, she's like, oh, you're nuts. You know, like she's saying that with love, but yeah. there's so many things that you come out with. But um, the other week I was thinking about, I don't, I often feel like, okay, I'm managing things well, but I've been meaning to give a present to a friend who I saw last week. It's literally been sat in my kitchen four months and I said I'm going to post it didn't post it and then I was going to an event where she was going to be at and I was like right I'm going to bring it with me and I didn't take it with me and I'm so mad with my stuff and I'm like this is debilitating this is a disability like I have and the amount of things that I've got in my home that should not be there is just it's so annoying Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, posting things is like the worst. So tough. How much it money really have you wasted is... on not sending things back as well? Yeah, oh. absolutely. I've got, can't, I've can't, got can't a thing on my it. table where I'm like, right, I need to, I need to do that, and it's like every day I look at it, and then it's just blended into the background. Up on my whiteboard, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote today returns oh. underline along with 
put check in bank and use Christmas vouchers. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. There's so many things. Invisalign, right? I had an Invisalign. Uh, bless my ex. Uh, okay, Are they good? I want mum. Oh, well, hey, who knows? <laughs> who's going to wear it? I've started wearing them. Then COVID sort of happened. Then I got most ADHD thing that's cost me a lot of money is paying for Invisalign and not fucking wearing them. Like, yeah. Well, and, yeah. And this is the thing, right, that people don't understand because people will just say, well, just start wearing just it. Just do it. Like my bills. So I've got myself into trouble with bills before and I'm an ex-accountant. And people are like, well, why don't you just pay them? Well, if I could do that, then I would have done it. <laughs> it's the worst thing that anyone can say to an adhd is, oh. why, don't, why don't you just try? Yeah. Why don't you just do it? Just do oh, it. Just do that. the thing. Oh my God, you've just given me a brilliant idea for a t-shirt. It's like <laughs> the Nike, just do it. And underneath, if only it were that fucking simple. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But, yeah. oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Or is there anything we haven't covered or anything you want to say? I don't think so. I think that, you know, if I'm thinking about the work that I do around neurodiversity, I really want there to be more research into the link between hormonal changes and ADHD because I don't think there's enough research. I don't think there's enough people talking about it. There are a few, like I've seen more recently. But like you say, we're talking about monthly hormonal changes. So it's not just big ones. It's, it's, you know, monthly, it's ongoing, Um, you know, childbirth, uh miscarriage menopause pre-menopause surgical menopause um you know so many things that I think are just completely under research because we've been so underdiagnosed and misrepresented in regards to ADHD that there now needs to be more investment in that because it's huge and I really think we could be helped I actually like we've said knowledge is power and if we knew what impact this could have. If I knew that before I had my baby, would I have been able to manage better? Pretty sure I would have done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Each month, it's like, oh, period's coming. That's why the meds aren't working so well. I can be a little bit kinder to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. although yeah. I've been effing and jeffing all day because I'm basically <laughs> useless. <laughs> and as well for the people around you, right, to know that, yeah. Yeah. again, so you can have this conversation afterwards, like, you know, I apologise because this is what happened, but it's not quite... 100% my fault but I appreciate that that's not you know your your yeah. problem if you like it's that again that understanding that communication yeah yeah that's what I hope <laughs> yeah oh Amy it's been so lovely speaking yeah. to you so many pearls thank you so so much for sharing all of that thanks for I having know. me on I love you too oh, oh we bless. love you thank you <laughs> <laughs> and your mum yeah. oh. what's your what's your mum's name Lillian Hello, Lillian. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Yeah, super so great. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. See you bye, later. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Well, isn't Amy Polly something else? Yeah, she absolutely is something else. Uh, I just love that episode so much. So, so much. Be curious, be playful, be... Be you. Be you. Be you, yeah. I it's really wonderful. Love that. She like, is an absolute inspiration. She truly is. I like the idea of the, like, mindfulness on the move. The point being that, like, you know, we're, we're not necessarily ever going to be zen. That doesn't mean we can't be mindful. Yeah, and it's kind of getting rid of those, like, misconceptions that people have around mindfulness as well. 100%. And this is what I wrote down is, like, people think it's airy-fairy, wishy-washy-woo-woo. I love that. <laughs> 
do know I love a bit of woo woo though. But yeah, yeah it, but, but mindfulness isn't. It's literally science. It's like brain but yeah, science. But there's so many people that's like, oh, mindfulness. I'm not going to do that because it's just the spiritually stuff, and yeah. it's not really. It's just about coming into the present moment. Yeah, yeah, and trying to be aware. Yeah. Of of your thoughts, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. No, she's absolutely amazing. I was cringing through that because when I say. Amy fucking Polly made me cry. Let, can we just take a minute? I have never met or spoken to this woman. So why I'm talking in that tone is just beyond me. But I'll tell you why. Because we, it's, it's because she's just a joy. And we, it was just like, we felt like we'd known her forever as soon as we started exactly. talking. It's, it's that familiar, I can't even say that word, familiarity. F- familiarity? Fam- yes, that one. <laughs> Sometimes words familiarity. are hard. Yes, famil- familiarity. That's the one, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> but it is, you just felt at ease with her instantly and, you know, it's just like you'd been speaking and been friends for years. And, and once again, serendipity has dealt us a hand because we genuinely did not plan this. Now, as I said, never met her before, never spoken to her before and my impulsivity leads me to blurt out, we should do live events together. And... Guess, guess what? That is a, one of the big announcements of this episode is that Amy Polly, Amy fucking Polly, oh God, kill me, is um is joining me, I always want to say us, joining me for the live shows in December in London, Leeds and Glasgow. She would love to do them all, but Amazing. she can only do those three. And with her busy schedule, we are so lucky to have her and so excited that she could squeeze us in because what we've come up with is the funniest, most ridiculous thing ever that Amy is doing. And I'm so excited about it. Um, So if you want to come and see Amy as part of the ADHDF Christmas Live events, um, be sure to get in there and get your tickets quickly because London has already sold 50% of the tickets. Amazing. And and that's without even a single Christmas graphic on the grid. And Glasgow is 25% sold as well. So these tickets are selling. So yeah. Um, get on board with that and thank you to Amy and I can't wait to see her in real life I know, I'm so FOMOing so hard oh, right I know. now I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> um, so alongside the mindfulness Amy talked a lot about motherhood like many of our guests have and we really do hope that the mothers amongst our community um, in you know got what they wanted from that yeah um, there are also quite a lot of other podcasts in which motherhood is a topic that's an ongoing topic that unfortunately we just can't comment on yeah um um, such as Women's Wellbeing Podcast. Yeah. The wonderful Kate Moore Youssef is a mother of four. Yeah. Right? There are lots and lots of podcasts where the hosts are mothers and sadly that is not us. Um, so we hope that you can find your place because it just isn't our niche. So we can't we can't give that to you. But we're glad that we could raise some awareness about the fact that many of us suffer that as an ADHD tax yes. in ADHD Awareness Month. Absolutely. So the next announcement is what we're doing for ADHD Awareness Month. Yes. So you may have seen... On Sunday, the 1st of October, we put out a graphic about making it count. So with Dawn rightly and very much supported in doing so, focusing more on university, I realised that for me, 
I knew that I needed to do something for ADHD Awareness Month. I I was at that protest trying to fight for our rights to p- protest and, and it didn't go through and now we can't protest. So having put this out, and I'm sure last year's episode is going to be listened to this month because it says ADHD Awareness Month, yeah. right? So I was like, right, I need to do something. So I pulled in my two other best girls, um, Kat Owens and Ali McDonald. Both absolute belters total legends yes so we had some different conversations going on between us backwards and forwards over the last few weeks and then what happens is that cat is very logical and me and ali go round and round in circles but what about this but what about that but what about this and we just did that for weeks (laughs) but then on a full moon a coven of three came together and made magic and it just happened i love it and um I'm really excited about this campaign and I believe in it because Kat tells me it's a good idea and that always is exactly what I need to hear. Um, but basically, it is called ADHDF Make It Count because we are determined to make this ADHD Awareness Month count. So it's all about numbers and that is because Westminster promised a data dashboard with important numbers such as how many are on the waiting list and for how long but to no avail. At the same time, Holyrood has promised an ADHD bill, which obviously we need to make count as well. But on top of that, there is no end in sight. So we don't know the date of this release. We do not know how much longer we have to wait. So obviously Holyrood is the Scottish Parliament and Westminster is the English Parliament. So what we need to know is how long we have to wait for the Neurodiversity Bill from Scotland and we need to know these numbers from Westminster. And the reason why these numbers are so important is that with no laws around monitoring waiting times and ADHD diagnosis rates, there can be no chance of proper funding or services. So I'm not a numbers girl. Right, I've got dyscalculia, but we need these numbers because that is where we start from. That is what we need to actually move forward and to get proper systems in place. So, what about Northern Ireland and Wales? I hear you cry. Yes, Laura, what about Northern Ireland and Wales? Well, I do not know what is going on in, in, in Northern Ireland and I do not know what's going on in Wales. And... I'll be honest with you, when we made this plan, which is to go to both Holyrood and Westminster on the same day, I actually wanted to stop at all cities along the way and do a magical mystery (laughs) tour because of course I did because I didn't learn my lesson from the too much tour and I've been reined in. So having done that, I'm reining myself in. And what I want to say is that if you are a person in Northern Ireland or Wales, and you do know what's going on, and you would like to get on board with our Make It Count campaign, then we would love to hear from you. Um, I do not have the capability to do any more than I'm doing, but we do have this platform and we do have a plan. So if you have the time and the knowledge, then please come forward because we would love to extend this. And if I'm honest, we'd love to extend this all over the UK. So if you're in any city in the UK and you want to get on board and do something on the same day, then we can do that. However, this is where it gets interesting. As I mentioned 
Protesting is now illegal in England. It isn't in Scotland. But my fear is that with starting the day in Scotland, if we were to protest there, then it looks like we're coming down to England to do the same. So it's important that it's uniform because we don't want to get stopped before we even get to Westminster. So we have a message to deliver. And all we're going to do is hold up a sign and have a photograph taken. Yeah. And we're going to be in leopard print. Obviously. And that is not illegal. No. So I can't rally the troops and ask you to be at Holyrood on the 23rd of October. You wouldn't dare. I couldn't ask you to come there. I also couldn't rally the troops and say, come to Westminster in the afternoon at around 3, 4-ish. Because, again, that would potentially be illegal. But, you know. If you happen to be passing either of those places and you wanted to take a photograph of us just standing outside a building taking a photograph and you also happen to be a leopard print, well, that wouldn't be illegal, would it? I'm pretty sure that would be absolutely fine. And I mean, if we had absolutely no, uh, what are they called, picket signs, whatever, and we had no megaphones and there was no chanting and there was no marching and it was just a couple of people taking a photograph and however many other people looking at them taking a photograph and possibly taking their own photograph, then that absolutely would not be a protest and it would not be illegal. It's not a protest. No, it is not a protest. So, yeah, if you were thinking about doing something similar, which I absolutely couldn't encourage or condone to be seen as rallying then that would be wonderful. (laughs) A united front of the leopard print army. And there will be more details to follow. But in any case, a lot of people have asked us, why are you not focusing on medication? We touched on this earlier. Why are you focusing on this one thing? The truth is, I am but one person. Yeah. And I have two amazing people who also have a lot on their plate that are helping me. And so you just have to pick a lane. This problem is so big there are so many levels there's education there's medication we've just picked this one because to our minds and to cats in particular who really does know her shit this is the bottom level yeah this is where we start in terms of um getting rid of this backlog and getting people seen in an orderly fashion. And that is what this podcast has been about from day dot. So that is why we have picked this lane. But anybody who is doing anything for ADHD Awareness Month, please send it to us, tag it to us. I will share it on the story. We are one community all together and we can all do whatever we can do. And this is what I can do. And I'm absolutely not asking you to come to a protest. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then uh, if you are not in the UK but you would like to get on board much like last year it's ADHD AF day we've moved the date slightly for logistics it's the 23rd of October the same day we are in Holyrood and Westminster we would love you on the 23rd of October to dress up in leopard print and tell us your number so how long have you been waiting on the waiting list how long did you have to wait how long did you how long do you still do you even know 
give us your numbers and take a photograph of yourself with the numbers in leopard print along with the hashtag ADHDAF make it count and please do tag us so that we can see those pictures and numbers. So if you would like to get on board with this campaign but you don't want to put a picture of yourself up or you don't want to divulge how long you've been waiting etc then you can do it anonymously by reaching out to our treasured community member Louise. Her handle is at louise.louisa right yes. yeah so you can inbox her that on the 23rd of october which is adhdaf day 2023 and i think this is a good time to remind people that we're still selling leopard print army fundraiser pins featuring the adhd awareness month ribbon with five pounds from each sale now going to the leopard print army fund the funds will be there for the Access Denied campaign if they need them. And if they don't, they will be kept in that fund and used for future activism and advocacy, which we will keep you updated on. We do have one more announcement and then we promise you we'll leave you alone. Um, so yeah, one final announcement is that we, obviously as part of ADHD Awareness Month, we are going to be doing a really special episode with our online community. So we do live blethers with our gold members. Once a month. Once a month. Hour and a half. An hour and a half where we chat and people talk about where what, what they're up to, where they're at with their diagnosis, just any old any old crap that comes out of them. Yeah, it's normally not crap, some but. ranting, some tears, and then always loads of laughter and we end up putting filters on. It's it's just silly get together, yeah. but it's, it's a really special thing. So yeah, so we do that every month with the Gold Ed members in the community. And this time for an extra special one, we're actually going to record it and we're, we're essentially going to be interviewing our yeah. community members. And that's going to be our episode. That's our special episode for the community in ADHD Awareness Month. So if you would like to be on that very special episode, then you need to be a gold member of our community by... Well, the, the actual live blether is going to be on, what did we just say, the 25th. So Wednesday, the 25th of October at 8pm, Yeah, we will be on a live blether for 1.5, probably two hours with our community members making a very special episode for ADHD Awareness. Yeah. So you so. can join our community via the link in our bio on our socials or in the blurb of this episode. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a little bit unsure about joining the community or you don't know, then this is a great opportunity for you to come and join and check it out and see what it's all about because there's lots of great things going on and especially now more than ever there's so many people from our community that are, that are getting involved in the things that yeah. that's that's going on with ADHD AF. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to continue into the future. And what's good about the Live Brothers as well is that you don't even need to talk. So you can just come and just be part of it and not have your camera on and not talk, but just to have been there as yeah. well. So we do have people that do that and take a lot from that yeah, as well. Yeah, there's zero pressure. Yes. So, so I think we've actually done it, Dawn. Have we done it? That was so many things that we had to say. I think we have. I'm just checking. Um, I just want to I just want to say I hope that we haven't in any way overshadowed Amy's amazingness because it was just so important that we got all of this information out in ADHD Awareness Month. But massive, massive thank you to Amy. And please, you know, please do remember that we are you. We are right in the trenches with you with this medication shortage and all we're doing, as you can hear, is our best. We're mucking in and we're doing our best. And if you have information, please share it with us. We don't know. We are 
trying to spin a million plates and come to terms with having ADHD ourselves and now we're about to come off medication too. So yeah, we're all in this together. And yeah, don't forget that if you would like to see the queen that is Amy Polly live with me and a whole host of other ADHDF legends, then please do get tickets via the link in bio of our socials or in this blurb because the London one's going to sell out pretty soon, I think. I know, and rest assured, if I can find a way to be there, I will, I will be there in full support as well. Yeah. Because um, I am FOMOing hard. <laughs> but you won't be FOMOing hard when you're throwing that university degree cap in the air, right? I know, I keep thinking Please, about that. Please, though, can it be leopard print, yeah? Oh my God, that would be so cool. Obviously, it's going to be leopard print. So cool. I'll get Steph to make you one. All the yeah. discos can whip you up a little. What are they even called? I don't know. Like I know what that word is. Oh, no, like that is I'm like a cheese board. No, it's not that. I don't know. God knows. What are they called? A mortarboard? No? Is it called a board? I don't even I'm know. I'm sure it's called... Anyway. Who knows? I, anyway. didn't, I didn't ever think in my life that I would have an opportunity to wear one, so I've never thought about what they're called. Well, you will. But yeah. You and, will. And that's the thing, like I always speak about, is ADHD has robbed me of an education and this is me reclaiming it. And that's exactly. why it's so important to And me. that's why and us as a community all need to support that. And I feel so terrible every time I have to promote the shows but i have to this is no the and i have to I'm, promote them i i want you to promote them i want them to do well i'm yeah. so behind you like just because i'm not with you does not mean to say i'm not backing you a hundred percent of yeah. the way because i am and and that's the thing and it's and that's where we're at it's like we realize that this is what we need to do yeah. and so that we can keep smashing it keep smashing things <laughs> That was what you said back in the day. Right, Dawn, these people are sick of us now. We really better go. We better go. So please take care of yourselves and, yeah, lean in and let's all look after each other. Because yes. we're all in this together. One love, people. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love you, boy. ADHD as females. ADHD as females. ADHD as females.